0: Hi, this is Jeannie Drisco, bringing you an episode of The Art and Soul of Healing, brought to you on the wings of Alliance for Natural Health, USA. Today is a departure from the usual episodes. I will be discussing the use of intravenous vitamin C for infections, as this is foremost on the minds of all of us. There are people all around the world recommending and trying different interventions to fight the SARS-CoV-2 viral infection that has resulted in the COVID-19 pandemic. People are recommending and using everything from pharmaceuticals to supplements to animal byproducts. The news from China includes the use of intravenous vitamin C and I will abbreviate this as IVC going forward, for the sickest patients in the ICU. And we are also hearing about the use of IVC in New York. IVC does seem to be helping patients with COVID-19. The March 2020 report from Dr. Richard Cheng and his colleague, Dr. Mao in Shanghai discussed IVC treatments in approximately 50 patients with moderate to severe cases of COVID-19. The Chinese team used IVC dosing of 10 grams for seven to 10 days for the moderate cases and used IVC dosing of 20 grams for seven to 10 days for severe cases. They reported that all hospitalizations were shortened by approximately three to five days. An additional patient who was deteriorating rapidly was given 50 grams of IVC infused over four hours and was reported to improve without side effects from the IVC dose. That's correct. It was 50 grams, five zero. In New York City. A March 24, 2020 news report quotes Dr. Andrew G. Weber, a pulmonologist and critical care specialist, as stating his hospital is giving 1.5 grams of IVC to hospitalized COVID-19 patients. He was reported to say, the patients who received vitamin C did significantly better than those who did not get the vitamin C. However, Dr. Weber did not give any supporting data to indicate how significant this improvement might be. He did correctly point out that the very sickest patients are known to have unmeasurable levels of vitamin C in their bloodstream, and it seemed logical to him to treat with vitamin C. With these positive, albeit small, isolated case reports, it seems time to clear up some misunderstandings that are circulating about the use of IVC. I'm going to tell you some things about IVC before going back to discussing COVID-19. Dr. K. Chin, Dr. Mark Levine and I, along with our colleagues from around the world, have been on the front lines researching IVC for decades. Mark was the first to give IVC in a controlled trial at the NIH where he gave one gram by vein. What Mark has made very clear is that vitamin C given by vein is different than vitamin C given by mouth. When given by mouth, vitamin C is absorbed in a controlled fashion from the gut where it enters the bloodstream and is rapidly removed from the body by the kidneys excreting it into the urine. Vitamin C has limited uptake and is rapidly removed when given in this manner by mouth. The result of this controlled absorption when vitamin C is given by mouth is the blood level remains relatively low, but more on this later. Contrast the oral administration of vitamin C to vitamin C given in the vein. When vitamin C is given by vein, we do not have to worry about absorption through the gut into the bloodstream, and the blood levels can become quite high to combat illness. In fact, many, many times higher compared to taking it by mouth. When the blood levels are able to become high, very interesting things happen, and this is why it becomes a helpful therapeutic agent. Everyone knows that vitamin C taken by mouth is one of the magical antioxidants that helps protect our bodies from oxidative stress, along with other vitamins, minerals, and plant products. But did you know that when vitamin C is given by vein, it becomes a pro-oxidant? When the blood level reaches a certain threshold, the vitamin C is driven into the space around the cells outside the bloodstream. We call this space the extracellular space. It is in this location that vitamin C undergoes a series of steps to create hydrogen peroxide, which is very important. It is interesting chemistry, but we will simplify for this discussion. The hydrogen peroxide can clean up the extracellular space and also can get inside the cells where it kills damaged cells and infective invaders. But leaves normal cells unharmed. Did you know hydrogen peroxide is one of the tools our white blood cells use to kill infections? Please do not drink hydrogen peroxide because it could harm your GI tract and will not get into the site of action in the extracellular and intracellular spaces. No, not ever, please. The use of IVC to deliver hydrogen peroxide to the extracellular and intracellular space is very different and cannot be compared. Let's go back to discussing blood levels of oral vitamin C compared to blood levels when vitamin C is given in the vein. For a rough visual, oral dosing is like a teaspoonful of vitamin C in the blood, while giving it in the vein can be likened to a quart of vitamin C in the blood. Even if you increase the oral dose up to the level of IVC, it will never reach the same blood level because of the gut absorption limitations and the rapid kidney excretion. This even includes certain forms of oral vitamin C that claim increased absorption. There may be some increased absorption with these special oral products of vitamin C, but these may only raise the blood level up to a tablespoon compared to the teaspoon level. This is not enough to drive the vitamin C into the deep spaces of the body and make hydrogen peroxide. Finally, to compare oral vitamin C to intravenous vitamin C is like comparing antibiotics that are taken by mouth versus antibiotics given by IV in the vein. As an aside, I would like to remind everyone that oral forms of vitamin C are critical in their own right. They supply important needs to many systems, including but not limited to the brain, the immune system, the adrenals, the vascular system, the skeleton, and others. However, to treat the infected individual, IVC would be the better choice. And please combine the two forms, that is oral and IV, As long as you remember, they are providing different functions. Another confusing topic is how much IVC someone needs. If they are infected with COVID-19, for example, as you saw above, there are some giving 20 grams of IVC, while there are others only using 1.5 grams of IVC. All the reports are calling these doses high-dose, but are they all high-dose? And do the smaller doses make hydrogen peroxide to kill the infection? Certainly, to the uninitiated practitioner, 1.5 grams of IVC might seem like a very high dose. However, in our research studies and pharmacokinetic studies, we have administered doses as high as 125 grams per infusion. But the fact is, no one is sure how much IVC should be given to kill bacteria, viruses, or even cancer, or how many times a day, or how many times a week it should be given. Part of the reason there are so many questions about how to use IVC is because of the lingering prejudices against its use. Conventional doctors think IVC is another useless alternative therapy but they haven't kept up by reading the tremendous amount of IVC research published from around the world. This lack of knowledge on the part of conventional doctors and researchers has led to prejudices which have directly resulted in no or very limited federal funding for IVC research. We have been prevented at every turn from conducting the much-needed large-scale research necessary to answer questions about the use of IVC. So back to discussing dosing in COVID-19 infection. We have what is called anecdotal evidence, or evidence from use in the clinic with patients, or very small studies. Infections like severe mononucleosis from Epstein-Barr virus, where a student is sent home and told he or she would be unlikely to return to school for a month. These can be treated with 50 grams of IVC given once a day for three consecutive days. We have seen remarkable improvement with students returning to school immediately. Again, this is from clinical experience, not from controlled trials. Other examples include the onset of the common cold, where we give 25 grams for several days, where it seems to reduce the severity and length of the infection. Again, this is anecdotal. Contrast this to what was used in the sepsis trials, where very small doses were given to ICU patients who were in septic crisis with lung and organ failure. Doses as low as 1.5 to 6 grams were given every 6 hours. Early reports from some groups were positive for improvement in lung injury and markers of organ failure although the dose may be too small to generate hydrogen peroxide. And again, small reports from China during the COVID-19 pandemic report benefit. However, not all reports were positive. It is our understanding that some of the Chinese groups in other centers gave the IVC very slowly over many hours that most likely blunted the peak blood level Or the amount of vitamin C that could be driven into the tissues probably reducing or preventing hydrogen peroxide production. Is this slow low dose vitamin C no better than oral administration? We do not know for sure. What we usually recommend is infusing the vitamin C at approximately 0.5 to 1 gram per minute. An example is 25 grams can be given over 25 to 50 minutes. There are other important things to note, like how much IV fluid and what type of IV fluid is used, but these are things that experienced infusion professionals know. When people are ill, their vitamin C levels plummet to unmeasurable levels, and this is known to lead to death in time. Although it is easy to maintain normal vitamin C levels in our bodies when we are healthy, it takes much more to maintain blood levels when we get ill. So in the short term, eat plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables and supplement with oral vitamin C up to bowel tolerance. That is when your gut reacts to too much oral vitamin C and gets gassy or loose stools. In hospitalized acute infection with resulting lung disease, it may be helpful to get IVC at doses from 25 grams to 50 grams along with standard of care. Finally, there are concerns many clinicians have about safety when giving patients IVC. There are a few rules we follow when we're giving IVC by vein, and this is precaution that I insist on following. First and foremost, kidney function should be relatively normal without Definite renal failure. Anyone that has active oxalate kidney stones should not be given IVC. And finally, it is mandatory that a normal G6PD enzyme is present. Otherwise, you could be at risk for hemolysis or breakdown of red blood cells. And as an aside, if you smoke, the blood level will be very difficult to get up to therapeutic levels in our thousands of doses given in controlled studies and our extensive clinical experience, when these rules are followed, we find high dose vitamin C to be very safe. Please help our research by taking a brief survey. The link can be found on the Art and Soul of Healing website. And please send me an email with questions or suggestions for additional updates. In the meantime, be well my friends. And if you get IVC, make sure your G6PD level is normal and ask for at least 25 grams by vein.